Well, I have a question for you, Tim. Where's the line that you you have to say, no, here's where I'm going to restrict. Apple makes $50 billion a year. Mm-hmm. That was last year in 2019. Just in the App Store. Just in the App Store. <laughs> yeah. At what point do you say, no, I'm going to turn off that faucet or turn it down mm-hmm. so that I allow competition to take place. I allow innovation to happen around me because maybe rising tides lift all boats or because, I don't know, maybe there's altruistic value, et cetera. As a business leader, as owner of a business, now we're not Apple. Let's just be very clear. We have no monopoly on anything we do. (laughs) But it does lead me to think like, would I, it would be hard to go, no, I'm going to turn, I'm going to turn that off that moneymaker for us or turn it down. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm, I have, there's a tension. There's a paradox yeah, there is a there tension. for me. Hey George. Hey Dan. What, uh, what you got for us today? Well, a recent article came out as recent as last Wednesday. And I what was quote, the date? What was the date on that? What was the date on that? November 18th. Okay. And I quote, I don't know why I said that, but I, I, I like saying It's very formal. Apple will cut app store commissions by half to 15% for small app makers. Hooray! Apple said, yes, it said it will cut app store fees by half to 15% for software developers with less than $1 million in annual net sales on its platform. And then this is interesting. The move is a high profile olive branch, also known as Peace. Peacemaking. Peace be with you. From Apple to lawmakers and app developers over its app store business practices, which have been under increasing scrutiny around the world. They've been getting a lot of press lately. Man, the big company, the big tech companies mm-hmm. just getting getting poked right They're now. They're getting scrutinized and investigated. Um what's your what's your take on this? Is this well let me let me let me uh back us up a little bit. Um, as to why this was happening. So they are under, um, I think they were, it was announced back in June. The EU was investigating them oh, for yeah, yeah. basically anti, yeah, uh-huh. June on the day. Yeah, EU announced their investigation of Apple's abusive app store practices from an antitrust perspective, which right. obviously if you're, if you're a company, that's never a, you know, a lawsuit that you want handed across your desk. Okay, so for the maybe not as business smart and maybe just like legal smart. Yeah. I don't sit around and read MSAs like you do, Dan. Um, what, what's an antitrust? What do we mean by antitrust? Because that's been, that's been thrown around a lot lately. I know Google's going through their antitrust, um, lawsuits. Apple's been there. Facebook's dealing with it. What is an antitrust accusation or accusation? Acquisition, acquisition. What's an antitrust acquisition? Um, uh, yeah, essentially, it's uh, it's legislation um, or laws that are regulations that are meant to keep a, a, a one company or maybe a, a tight, tightly uh, bound knit, t- tightly bound group of companies from having complete control over uh, uh, an industry. So. Um, and there were famous antitrust lawsuits back in, I want to say 
back in the standard oil days, the thirties or forties to where, um, those companies had to be broken up because there was no competition. And that's really the crux of it. So when you hear antitrust, yeah. So standard oil, tell what, what happened, what happened there? I mean, if you wanted to buy fuel of any kind, right. You were buying standard oil. You were buying from them because they had a monopoly um, on on. There was oil. no one else to buy from. There was it's... no one else to buy from, and so normally, obviously, if you go to um, if you go to Target and you don't like the price, you walk out and go to Walmart. Go Walmart, yeah, or um, or to if, your local store. Yeah, Lowe's to Home Depot, or yeah, your local hardware store, and you have the ability and the freedom to shop based off price. Right. We do that all the time. We like that. It's like we're finding deals. I want the best deal that I can find. Yep, um, and competition's a, good. Right. In a monopoly, you, there are no deals. And that's when price gouging comes in. And then consumers are really at a, a severe disadvantage to, with no choice to buy what, but to buy what is being sold by that one company. Or the word trust means these are companies that are uh, controlling trust coming together on like a, like a group. Yep. And they make deals or whatnot, and they form a collective to where they now own all of the logistics, shipping, supply, the delivery of it to where there are no other options. Well, we've seen big tech companies buy up companies either to say, cool, well, now it's part of us or cool. We're going to go and delete that. So it's not competing against us. Right. Um, yeah. And so they, they end up being where we have two phones now, two phone app stores, operating systems. There's the Apple app store with its app um, or excuse me, the, um, iOS with its app store as Apple app store. And there's Google with the Google play store. Those are your options. Right. There really right. isn't a third. A Microsoft doesn't really have their thing anymore. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone else that's been in that space. I guess, uh, what was the, what was the one with the, key, the keyboard that everybody had back in the day? A uh, Blackbird? Black, uh, Blackberry. Blackberry? Blackbird. <laughs> Black. Man, it's I'm tired. It's been that today. long. It has um, been. No, it's just been so long since anyone has mentioned Blackberry. But I mean, those those were, there was a, a little bit more of a competitive market at that point because you know had four or five different companies trying to create right. an app space. Um, not so much anymore. Apple, it's, you, you really, it's either app, Apple or Android, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you want an app on one of those devices, you go through their app store. You have to list it on their app store. Right. Um, there is no other option. And we've dealt with this. We've built mm-hmm. mobile apps either for our clients or for ourselves. And well, let's be honest, we looked for loopholes. Anytime we were going to do something where there's a subscription fee mm-hmm. or a payment transaction or something like that, we were looking for ways around it. Right. Because we didn't want to pay the 30%. We were barely right. going to make profit anyways, let alone handing away 30% that, e- that either mean you had to jack up your price of mm-hmm. your service to cover it. Yep. Or you, um, you know, like a lot of people did, you made the subscription management outside the app store. And I think that's what other, some companies were trying to do. Right. Well, and we've even, uh, especially as a startup, a lot of times to try to, um, not sidestep, but to avoid paying 50, I mean, 30% of your revenue. Yeah. Um, a lot of times it's, you lead the consumer outside of the app to another website, your own website, and they sign up and they go through your own payment processing there. They can still well, and I know the they've leaned on this a little bit, but for a long time, Apple wouldn't even let you do that. Right. For a long time, you audible. had to make an in-app um, purchase. Well, even yeah. so audible, mm-hmm. 
I think we we've talked about this before, but Apple's always trying to keep you from competing with the services they also build. Like right. they have a mail app, so mail apps need to do that's like hey.com, and we'll get to that one in a second. Um, or um, Apple has their own bookstore. Well, Audible wanted to be able to do audiobooks on on through the App Store, which is awesome, a great experience. I love Audible, but you couldn't purchase books through there because Audible didn't want to pay the thirty percent. Amazon, right? And um, the so they would kick you out, but actually, it mm. wouldn't even kick you. Out. They couldn't even have a link in the app. Right. They had to literally say, "Please to go, go out to, to this mm-hmm. to our main store." Yeah. Bookmark it there. Download yep. it, buy it there, and then we'll sync it back up. Which I will and, say was so clunky. Oh, I hated it. <laughs> now uh, you can do it with clunky. credits, but I don't. I right. still don't think you can purchase it on the. Yeah, I don't know. I've just, I, you know, we I've just only have used so many credits. credits. Yeah, yeah. Um, it does make me wonder how how much Amazon pays in royalties. I just thought of that. Yeah. Or so here's another thing. Obviously, Gmail competes with Mail. Are they sending fifteen percent of their of their revenue? That's a great question. But I guess so, Gmail's a so but what, Gmail's a free a free app. No, well, not not for us, not for businesses. G Suite, we pay right. a lot for G Suite. Right. Um, so so what what brought this up originally is this summer, uh, Hey.com, which is a mm-hmm. Basecamp um yeah, company, created by the mm-hmm. yeah, by the guys that make Basecamp. Yep. Um, Jason Freed and there was a, a Twitter storm. Oh Ooh. yeah. They were fired oh, yeah. up. And it was a long one. Um, go check it out. If you haven't already, go to Twitter and look for the hey.com tweet storm of mm-hmm. Jason Free, DHH, those guys just going crazy about how Apple was just out to screw people over. Yeah, it was on June 16th. So if you go to Twitter and you follow at DHH, look uh, for June 16th. And it's just a it's just a very long stream of, mm-hmm. of tweets around mm-hmm. how stunned they are to they were asked to provide bug fixes because their app wasn't working and they did that, but Apple would not accept them because Hey would not accept the 15 to 30% commission of their revenue. Right. Um, and it just, and this was at the exact same time that Apple was being investigated by the EU for antitrust. Yeah. And what was, I think what was impressive, this is a good example of a startup of a, a small group of people coming together and saying, Hey, we're going to make a change. Mm-hmm. So they, they raised some, some hell. I mean, they, they really got oh, people yeah. excited and they came back and they basically got other companies that were felt the same way to come back and I think sign some stuff and say, come on, Apple, don't be like this. Like you've created an incredible thing. We'll give you that. You've invested right. your time and resources and support into that. We'll give you that. There isn't another place for us to go to give, our users access to this app like they would have on the mobile device on your app store. Right. We're an up and coming company. Don't screw us over. Right. Um, and um, so this announcement last week, I mean, you have to know it's, it's in response to, Oh, it totally is. Oh yeah, to it totally is. And I think there's hints in the article that talk about, I mean, it mentions olive branch. Uh-huh. Oh, I mean, yeah. obviously it's an olive branch to all software developers, but it started with Hey.com really creating this storm of mm-hmm. just negative press and just outrage over what Apple was doing. And it's interesting in the timeline. So they have a, they initially approved um, Hey.com to the iOS app store. And so it was there 
Right. So it was all, it was there. They yeah. approved it and they knew that you had a subscription that, fee. Yeah. And you, they knew that, uh, um, after investigating it, they were going to be sent out. Users were going to be sent out and pay for it outside. Right. So first off, why approve it in general? Mm. I mean, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. Okay. Yeah. We're going to bring you in. And then they try to make bug fixes and it's like, well, ho, ho. Nope, we're not going to let yeah, you do now that. Now that we think about it, mm, yeah, we'd like your money, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, that's and it so crossed at least. Um, and there's just a lot of, and even in some of the responses from Apple back to Basecamp, it looked like they made some distinction distinctions between business services and um, consumer products, but those distinctions are nowhere in the rules. Right. So it's almost like they were now making a distinction that is nowhere in the rules, and their rules are so. Um, Big, but they're they're comprehend. There are so many of them. So oh, many meaning rules. like no one could ever know all you, the rules, all right. the terms and conditions that you especially have to, a startup. Like yeah. how could we possibly? And so the fact that they then have all of these and require you to abide by every single one, and then they come back and are making distinctions that are outside of the rules. Again, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it was just so brazen. And they even mentioned this, this these are my words, so brazen that they would do this on the day that they're being investigated by the European commission. It's like, you have to, you have to, it's almost I, like they're saying, you don't know me. Yeah. Do what I want. I, I really hope that was some division manager, you know, cause Tim Cook's over there, like he's doing his song and dance in front of the EU. He's not, he's not dealing with this Hey.com thing. This isn't the top of his radar. Um, he's he's dealing with other stuff, and you, right. I have to assume some division managers just like, I've got a flag in the ground, and I am I own this hill, and you can't have it. And um, I wonder if looking back, they were like, Jim, whatever his name is, Tom, Lisa, why'd you <laughs> do it right now? Why'd you pick that fight right now? Um, bad timing. Um, well, I have a question for you, Tim. Yeah. One of the this just gets me to thinking. Hmm. We work, we work with a lot of companies, enterprises, global companies that own good market shares of their space. At what point, where's the line? I guess, where's the line where innovation and continual innovation, continuing adapting and looking for ways to create value, looking mm -hmm. for ways to make money? Mm -hmm. Not that there's, there's nothing innately evil with either one of those things where's the line that you you have to say no here's where i'm going to restrict apple makes 50 billion dollars a year that was last year in 2019 just in the app store just in the app store <laughs> yeah. at what point do you say no i'm going to turn off that faucet or turn it down mm -hmm. so that i allow competition to take place i allow innovation to happen around me because maybe rising tides lift all boats or because I don't know, maybe there's altruistic value, et cetera. As a business leader, as owner of a business, now we're not Apple. Let's just be very clear. We have no monopoly on anything we do. <laughs> but it does me lead me to think like, would I, it would be hard to go, no, I'm going to turn, I'm going to turn that off that moneymaker for us or turn it down. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I have, there's a tension there. There's a paradox yeah, there, is a there tension. for me. Um, yeah, because where, where does innovation literally, you have to say, I'm not going to innovate. I'm not mm -hmm. going to do anything else to make this better, make this have 
you know, hum better, you know, increase my prices because it is bringing more value, et cetera. I mean, we're all about saying we're expensive because we're valuable. Mm -hmm. When do you have to say, no, 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 I'm going to drop my prices. I'm going to remove any competitive advantage Mm -hmm. because now we're in a a monopoly. We've become a monopoly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When is, when do you wake up in the morning and go, I'm an, oh crap crap, I became a monopoly. Great. Now everyone with a smartphone has to pay me shucks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of, uh, that's a good question. And I don't even know what the answer is. Like when, what are the markers of a monopoly? And I would guess that if you got, I'm sure that if you get to that point, you could have strategically done that. But we talk about that all the time. It's like, what? how do you develop barriers to entry so that it's not as easy for other people to get into the market that you're in? So kudos to Apple for, they saw, they developed their own smartphone, got yep. on, you know, networks, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, all of the Sprint, all of that. And then they had the idea for, well, we want apps on our phones. So we're going to build an app store that then other business owners and software developers can use, distribute their apps, which by the way, apps wouldn't have existed without the app store. <laughs> so, I mean. I mean, they um, were praised for it. It, right. was, it was so innovative. Right. So They weren't the first to do it, they, but, they, saying, they, but yeah. they made it but great. And like a company, they said, we want a revenue model off this and our revenue model is a commission and it's 30%. So I don't know what the real problem is here. Is it that people are arguing that 30% commission is too high and- yeah. Apple needs to bring their price down. And if there was another option that was as good as that, I could go and use it, but I can't. Right. So is it is it price? Um, I lost my train of thought there. But it's nuanced. It, it is. It's incredibly nuanced because, oh, okay. Or is it because they were, they just need to own it. Mm-hmm. rather than go back and forth and say one thing out of their mouth, another one and create all these excuses. They just need to own that. No, this is a hard, fast rule. If you use the app store and in, in this certain situation, it's 15 to 30%. And if you don't want to use it, well, okay, that's fine. But rather than say one thing, like allow them on and then not let them to do bug fixes until they submit to your pricing. Well, in my opinion, they should have just, if you go onto the app store and you know the pricing, you just right from the get go, you know that that's what you're gonna. That's yeah. part of doing business with your application, right? Um, so I don't, I don't. Again, I don't know what the the right what the right indicator is to where it's like, oh, you've gone over to the dark side because now you you have a monopoly. Well, it's like, well, I didn't create it. I, I, I just I had a business. It. I just had a business idea, and I've done so well, and I have. There's strong barriers to entry. Yeah, um, there, there is, there is the altruistic part of me that's like, screw you, Apple. Come on, just be nice. Like, let us all play here, and don't charge us too much to do it. You know, and I think that's kind of what they're saying. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, we'll, we'll, we'll half it for you early folks. Um, but the other part of me is like, is the, the biz, business owner of me goes, well, good on you, Apple. You made something that that had value that people caught on to you made built the relationships that mattered you did what it took to get to mm-hmm. where you are kudos i'm not going to take that away from you it i can't imagine at that scale what it's like to make the decisions where you have to go my shareholders publicly traded company want 
a certain return. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to actually say that we're going to turn off some of that money that would bring our shares up or our value up. Right. You know what I mean? But interesting enough that I think that if you can get more people innovating in your space, then the thought is, is that you actually do, you know, again, it raises up everyone around you to, to a higher value. It's less burdensome for a startup or a company to enter into, and maybe you might get more apps on your store because of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's something to that. But yeah, it's a it's a nuanced and interesting kind of mental experiment to to go back and forth on. I think that if you're working on a team that's growing fast, if but either an entrepreneur or an, an internal innovation team, or if you're in a startup that's scaling quickly, you can imagine you can imagine at what point when you turn around and you go, I, I, I just was constantly looking for value. I was constantly looking for ways to grow. I was constantly looking for ways to get return on our investment, et cetera. And now I'm in the, this position where I have to make the hard decision and the uncomfortable decision to go, I'm going to throttle parts of this back to mm-hmm. actually help my customer, to help my market, to help my our space, maybe just to help human beings, whatever that is, to actually continue to innovate around us. And that will, that will help us in the, in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, really difficult perspective to have. I can only right. imagine if you were on a rocket ship headed straight up to then go, mm, I'm going to take a detour. I'm, I'm going to slow down these thrusters mm-hmm. a little bit so that other people can kind of catch up with us and we can, we can all go to the moon together. Um, that's, a, that's a difficult, that's a difficult decision to make. Now, Absolutely. Especially when it says that 25%, well, 22% of their revenue is from the app store. That's a lot. And that's yeah. It's a quarter of what they are bringing in annually. It's a lot. Oh, you got to build that spaceship out and, and then cut it in half. Wow. Potentially. Yeah. For under a million. I, I didn't see how many of the apps on the app store are actually under that million dollar. Well, and here's interesting. So it may not be, uh, it may have a lot of effect, uh, uh, a positive effect on app builders, and, but not as a negative effect on Apple because it says top 1% of app publishers generate 93% of the revenue. Oh, we'll see. So the top 1% are still paying 30% fee because they're considered the top grossing apps and 93% of that 22% is from those. So you're talking the other 7% are those small businesses that they're still going to generate a fee from. So it's, which, okay, that's a win-win in my opinion. Apple will be affected, but not, not a ton, but it totally opens up new doors and possibilities for a lot of small businesses that wouldn't be able to do it. Small, small business or innovative firms. I would say this is the time this, I guess if I were to leave our listeners with something to think about is if you've been thinking about building a mobile app that had some type of revenue model built into it, not that it's just a part of your greater business and, you know, as a communication tool or portal or something like that, but actually maybe has its own revenue line attached to it. Um, now's the time to consider it, um, to jump in when you could say, at least for that first million, we could really innovate on something mm-hmm. in a, in an economic time that it's maybe time to innovate, um, to, we could make something now that would get these incredible results because now we're, we're not having to at least get that 30% cut, which is a ton of money when you first it is. started. Oh, it's, it's huge. I mean, 30% um, off the top line. That's a huge yeah, cost. To I get can't sold. imagine. Yeah. 
Um, so I think as you think, you know, no matter what side of the coin you're on, if you're already on that trajectory of you're on the rocket ship and your company's going up at the right, you're experiencing that growth, take a second every once in a while to kind of maybe retrospect on your, not only your work that you're doing in-house, but also the effects that the ripple waves that you're having away from your organization. Are you creating an environment? Are you creating a market that actually is going to innovate to push you forward in the future? That creating that competition can actually be a good thing so that you're, you're all rising together. And then if you're just getting started, maybe now the, now's the time to make some waves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This might be, yeah, this might just be a very welcome gift and a very, a very difficult time yeah. for those that are just, well, I'd love to do it, but I don't have the time and it'd be expensive. Well, maybe if your medium or the, where you were going to put your business is on Apple's app store and it just got cut in half, that's significant. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, Apple, we'll see what happens. January 1st, 2021, you know, when the pandemic goes away and everything- Happy New Year. Everything Happy starts New over. Year. Groundhog it's Day. completely neutral. Um, you also have 15% off on your, uh, it's like Black Friday, Black New Year. I don't know. I don't know how that works out, but- Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure we could think of something. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're witty. We could, we could think of something. I got nothing. It's, you know- I think on that note, we should just wrap it up. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good chat, right. Dan. Well, hey, you know, it's an interesting headline. Wanted to dive deep. I think we went there and we came back. On the other side. You always got to come back. You maybe gotta, maybe we'll make an app. We're going to make an app. Let's go make an app. Home's where the heart is. You got <laughs> I got an idea for an app. Let's, let's go do that. Goodbye. See ya. This episode of People of Product was produced by Larissa McCarty with support from Gabby Caton, Julie Branson, and Alexa Alfonso. Our hosts are George Brooks and Daniel Linhart. People of Product is brought to you by Crema, a digital product agency. We believe that creativity, technology, and culture can help individuals and organizations thrive. Learn more at crema.us.